Five games into the season and Nielsen out seems like a distant memory, but surely not everything's going that well, is it kickback? My name is Jarvie, and I'm joined this week by Simon, Hammy, Paddy and Cameron. Together we are the Broken Hearts Club Band. Uh, how we doing, boys? Big Derby Boxing Day hangovers. Um, since we've, well, we think we've finished with signing players, now we'll kick off with our best newcomer predictions, better late than never. Um, but first, we have actually made a signing since our last podcast. Uh, Simon, Barry Bakai, what's your, your thoughts on what seems to be a decent player? But with a terrible hairstyle. I was about to say market haircut, but it looks <laughs> it looks pretty decent to be honest. I um there was one moment where he tracked um, Martin Boyle, kept up with him, no bother. Um so aye, looks good. So let's see. We've we've now got quite good competition. I feel like most of our good players are in those creative positions. So let's see what happens. He does look very fast, doesn't he? And I've seen him complete a cross. <laughs> Which is a bit of a rarity at Tin Castle. So, um, aye, things can only get better. Um, <clears throat> best newcomer picks then. Um, it's only fair if I take Benny <laughs> just to, and we just take one each, just get Benny out of the way. Um, Cameron, Tia Soft, Alex Cochran, Benny, Taylor Moore, Ben Woodburn, Cammy Devlin, only player we haven't seen play, and uh, Barry Mackay. What's your thoughts? Um, it's tough, but um, Benny, and then you probably just ask somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think, no, um... and, and in all fairness, like it, it, I imagine it's going to be very hard for anyone not to say Benny, having having seen him play. Um, but it, it, it bodes well in the fact that I think actually a few of these guys look fairly decent. Yeah, no, they do, they do. Uh, Simon, what's your thoughts? I, I'll just have Benny and all if that's all right. Um, <laughs> I think if we're just going to exclude Benny from it, just because at least then keeps it interesting, I would say <clears throat> predictions for best newcomer in the season, probably Alex Cochran or Ben Woodburn would probably be my two takes right now. Fair enough. So you're only not saying two names. <laughs> well, I've, the only reason is I've not seen the other ones, but to be honest, it's, I don't think it's ever been that like every signing in a window's like turned out all right, but yeah. so far, so good, to be honest. Aye, it's polar opposites to John Murray, Craig Levine stuff. <laughs> Taking some used to. Which one of these guys is Elliot Freer? Aye, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Maybe that we will no longer have Elliot Freer's of the world. I know that was under Nielsen, but no, it wasn't a proper Joe Savage signing, was it? This is a heart, this is Hearts Football Club. There's always room for Elliot Freer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paddy, you you see past Benny? Any thoughts? Uh, Mario Balotelli. <laughs> <laughs> is it still still on Paddy? Is he still waiting somewhere? Does he? It'll happen one day. <laughs> you lost your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Even once he's retired. Paddy will still be. I'll send him an email. Come to think of <laughs> <laughs> Even for a pint, come on the diggers. Malatelli, set the place on fire. Um, Hammy, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go Woodburn. Um, obviously, I would say Benny, Benny, Benny. But I think Woodburn is just from what I seen yesterday. He looks very, very lively, um, and I think he'll score a few goals, um, which will put him in 
the minds of Hearts fans more than all the good work that Benny does. So when it comes to the end of the season when he's just putting away his 40th goal, he'll get it, I think. Whereas Benny, <laughs> as after Benny makes 300 tackles in one game, they'll remember the goals more than the tackles. <laughs> It's meant all what a good start to the season's done to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like the highest league finish prediction was fifth, was it? Oh no, Paddy did say first actually. So, in fairness, in fairness, it sounds like it's only been beneficial to four of us five. <laughs> <laughs> um, how concerned are you, uh, all of you, that Benny could go in January? Um. I was thinking about this earlier, right? Because uh, he's only on a two-year deal, isn't he? Three. Three. Three years? Yeah. Oh, then my thoughts are completely invalid then. Because um, I was going to say, if he was on a two-year deal, you really need to be start thinking about getting him signed up for a wee bit longer. But if he's on a three-year deal, then I he'll not be here long. I'm, I, I'll doubt January, but I would think end of the season, I would be incredibly happy if he's here next season but I would not be surprised if he's away mm-hmm. if he's here, if he's here for an extended length of time he's got injured yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100% absolutely hopefully not he does uh, does throw his body a bit but he always wins the ball but could be worth <laughs> could be worth a lot of money next summer like yeah definitely could um I'm going to say Cammy Devlin just to say I liked him before it was cool. Just in case. <laughs> just in case he turns out to be as uh, as good as he has been hyped. So we'll He see. could be the freer. <laughs> <laughs> could be the freer. Could be the next uh, Tam Flogel. Who knows? We have no idea. <laughs> He'd be next level freer with the amount of time we've waited to actually see him play. Oh, no. <laughs> Spence is killing me. Um, right, that's fine. Very predictable. Best newcomer picks locked in. Um, now, if you want to listen to our other season long predictions, it was somewhere around 45. I don't have a clue. No idea. When, <laughs> Once it's done, through. see you later. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to some other news uh, that was the, the transfer window slamming shut, Cameron. And we never signed another right wing back. Uh, Connor Smith got loaned out. Cammy Logan's injured and uh, Michael Smith looks knackered. <laughs> are, you, are you getting pretty concerned about the, the spot back there? I think I was thinking about this and I think I've worked out what the, the strategy is. It's We've realised that Michael Smith is probably getting to a point towards the end of um, its high-level playing career. So we're just going to use up everything that's left as quickly as possible by playing him out there at right wing back because... It really does not look like it's doing wonders for him. No, it's not. <laughs> what, what did you think about Taylor Moore playing out that way on Sunday? Do you think he looks comfortable? I think it's hard to tell. I think you'd still want to see more. Um, but uh, younger, physical, I think it might well have to be what happens because I, I really don't think that Michael Smith can play for a full season out there. No, no, that doesn't seem right at all. Um, he's you're forgetting the big, the big factor here, and that is Robbie Nielsen. He's wanting to put the boots back on. <laughs> That's what this is all about. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Stranger things have happened under Romanoff. I would not be that surprised if Nielsen comes out of retirement. 
Um, well, I will, we'll see. It's a wee bit concerning. Um, Cammy Logan will be chucked in the deep end, good and proper. Um, if he's back like by next week, I think he is. And Michael Smith's out. I don't mind that for a young player. Let's see what he can do. Nice sink or swim time, potentially. Um, I think I don't think Taylor Moore is going to be out there much at all. Like, I think, um, that was I think that. he starts at right wing back if Smith's out. I think Moore comes in at right wing back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just compared to our small, you know, quite quick wing backs, he, he looks like a proper centre back. <laughs> I mean, right, he's a big boy, he's but he doesn't look slow and like cumbersome. So I honestly think he's the he's the cover. He's a utility defender on the bench, and he'll cover at right wing back. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to look at the fact that we signed him. Like you, you, you sign him to play him. Like I can't imagine that he's not the number two option there. Yeah, I don't think he's played right wing back a day in his in his life. He's been playing. He's played right back with a back four, and he's played predominantly centre back. But I'd, I'd worry about his delivery in in terms of actually going up the park if he was at wing back. But right, we'll see. We'll see. It's too early to see. <clears throat> um, Cameron Craig Gordon. Uh, back in the Scotland squad, back at Scotland's number one, uh, and he got 60th cap. Now that's 25 clean sheets in those 60 games. That is a good ratio. Eh? It's a it's a fantastic ratio. I'm just confused. I, I keep our questions are normally hammies, but um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, you've seen every single bit of why he's Scotland's number one yesterday, and far too much of it at points. Mm. Outstanding. Um, Hammy Cameron is right. You are the the keeper consultant, and you've got some Craig Gordon stats, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. He's um, currently I saw something on Twitter. He's got the most saves, um, twenty four in the entire league at the moment. Now, closest behind him is Dundee, um, Adam Legs, that guy, and um, <laughs> down at the bottom, Joe Hart with six. Um, Adam no, Legs. <laughs> it's just a the funny name segment again. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like twenty-four saves is great for Craig Gordon. It shows how much we uh, we require him. But at the same time, and I'm in my head, I'm like, why is he making so many saves? That's not a good well. Thing. Well, imagine <laughs> if someone done some research on this and looked into teams' shots conceded. Well, that would maybe bring up some interest in reading. So, so what I did was I looked at every team's conceded shots and the, the ones that were on target, and what percentage of shots conceded were on target. Mm. Now, the most shots conceded are Ross County with ninety four. To be fair to them, they have played Celtic and Rangers though. So, like two teams that are actually going to be walloping everyone. I think Rangers and Celtic are averaging above twenty five shots a game. So. No bad. So Hearts are actually quite good. They're top, they're fifth with shots on goal. Um, uh, Shots conceded, sorry. So that's pretty good. But then when we talk about shots conceded that are on target, who do you think's got the best conversion ratio for making sure that shots aren't on target? Yeah, Dundee United. 17% of the shots that they concede are on target. Now, if you think about Celtic, it's 31% and Rangers, 36 So roughly the same. Everyone's about low 30%. Hearts are top. 57% of the shots Hearts concede are on target. 57%. So that's why Craig Gordon's making so many saves, because we've not conceded that many goals. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah. here's here's the the kind of defining point I think on that, and that Hearts have conceded three goals this season in the league. That is tied bottom with Celtic. Aye, everyone so, else has conceded more goals. Really, Celtic only conceded three. That was mental. Yeah. When when we talk about Craig Gordon being the difference, we we said it last week between us being in Europe and us getting relegated. Well, then there you go. Because what that's twenty four shots on target, and we've only conceded three. Well, twenty four saves was it? Sorry, yeah. I mean, yeah. So. That's 27 goals, potentially, if that's Joel Pereira. <laughs> in five <laughs> games. In yeah. five games. And I'm being serious. Like, Joel Pereira, like, we laugh. But if, if he did actually concede all the shots that we have conceded, you wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. We're going down. So, Craig Gordon genuinely is worth an infinite amount of points for us this season. That's mad. But, that is mad. It's even more mad considering we, we play a back five. Aye, but this is the other thing. This now the race is like, we need to stop letting teams get shots on target because Craig Gordon is human. He is, some of them are going to get through. Yeah. I bet he loves it, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's like shouting at them, Look, just let them get one through. Let them get Aye. one. Let them let it through, let it through. Aye. He's just sit, standing there bored. But that was my <laughs> News of the World expose on hearts. That was, that was excellent. <laughs> Enjoyed that. Um. Good. Uh, speaking of keepers, uh, Bobby Zlamal has retired in, well, since we rec- recorded the last podcast. I thought he retired a couple of years ago. <laughs> and he looked like he was retired when he was in goals for us. But at times he was still better than bloody Pereira. So well, all the best, Bobby. We in swing on the bar, retired somewhere. Um, so, so is um, so is Denver Bar. Just chucking it out there. <laughs> Guitar, retired, retired today. Well, has he? <laughs> Um, fair enough <laughs> Cameron uh, just continuing on the, the Scotland vein uh, Grant Hanley's out for the Israel game he's suspended isn't he uh, does John, John Sewer get called up and could he possibly even go straight in the first team in your opinion I'd, I think um, by that point we'll have seen enough or I, I think in terms of play time we'll have seen enough for him to be called up um, I think he probably deserves it um, whether or not he goes straight into the lineup, I would be I'd be I'd probably be surprised if he did. Um, if I'm honest, and it isn't one of the guys that's already in the setup. Sadly, that probably means looking at maybe Scott McKenna again. Um, maybe McTominay. It could be. There's the, the thing is there's options there, and I, I think the way Clark sets his teams up is that you'll tend to see someone that's already part of the setup. But the first step is Suter getting into one mm-hmm. of these camps and being back amongst the squad, and then potentially you see him further down the line if his if his form keeps up and. And you've got to say that the way it's going just now, he'll be playing at some point. Uh, also, do you not kind of wish that, I uh, hope that he doesn't go play for Scotland and get injured? Yep, that's what <laughs> Where's I that point? <laughs> the oh, less, less game John Suter can play not for Hearts, the better. Yep. Yeah. Right. Selfishly, I'd happily never see Suter or any Hearts player get a cap for Scotland. <laughs> I don't mind if he starts playing for Scotland after he leaves on a free next summer, but at the moment, no thank you. <laughs> Exactly. Um, okay, Paddy, uh, Robbie Nielsen won manager of the month for August. Um, I don't know about you, but in pre-season, my, my expectations were pretty much built on these first five games up to the Hibs game and then seeing, could Nielsen be out at this point? How close are we, how close are we going to be to the bottom of the league? We've done better than my wildest pre-season dreams. Aye, really me better. too. Like yep. we are in such a good position just now. Um, 
like you said, we've got what eleven points out of fifteen, the three wins and two draws, um, seven goals, three conceded, and that's with Craig Halkett at the back. It's just, it's incredible. Um, Paddy, what's your thoughts on the the start of the season so far? I remember a season that we started really well, not that long ago, and then was it October, and we didn't win a game until the end of the season. So. <laughs> I think we've done really well to start the way we have, but I think we also need to take a step back. It's only five games. Oh, yeah. This is Hearts. But yeah, it's been brilliant. There's, you, can't, you can't ask for him to leave at the moment. He's doing too good a job. Well, that's it. Nielsen out is absolutely miles away. Job's never been safer. I'm allowing myself to get carried away a wee bit. Like, what the fuck is the point if you're no when you're fucking second, joint second, five games in? You've had probably five of the hardest games you could pick minus Dundee United probs no bad start let's go win the league <laughs> that's it and our, our fixture list isn't bad looking ahead up to the Rangers game as well Ross County who we'll speak about in a bit of detail and a, a double headed at home Livingston then Motherwell and then we're away to Rangers that's when it all goes wrong but we can keep this going <laughs> for a couple more weeks yeah. we'll see and by that was all the all your kind of news and bits and bobs. So we'll talk about the the Hibs game. Um, there was no pyro, but we did think we could smell it outside the stadium. Aye, that was that would be from that Hibs walk that they do. You know, they all get together and sing sing their songs and that. It looks I a think, good laugh. I thought I thought it was um, quite clear that we've cut back on the pyro budget and just went for trying to soak. The opposition players with the sprinklers because we're, we're <laughs> clearly not up for switching them off. I thought that was great. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it was very good, very good. Yeah. If we anyone didn't so didn't notice that of the game, um, the when the teams were lining up, like to actually just take kickoff, the sprinklers on the hip side of the stadium were still going, but the ones on the hearts had stopped. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like a wee tactical soaking. So I'll never forget when we pumped Celtic a couple of years ago. And as soon as the final whistle went, the boys were out cutting the grass before <laughs> the players were even off the pack. Superb pack. Um, yeah, one more thing before we get to the game. You sit quite close to the, the subs. The Hibs fans were singing Andy Halliday to, to kick off proceedings. What was Halliday's face like when they were Good. doing that? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Not quite I, did, I, I did notice during the game that he looked like a man who was never ever getting any minutes yesterday. <laughs> he got, didn't look like he was ever coming on. No, fair enough. I just asset we'd ask it's like straight ahead for the subs, and you could see everyone was looking at him. Like you could see like Nand Wheelie and Cami Devlin and stuff looking at him. Like, what the fuck are they singing your name for? <laughs> they were so confused. I just wondered if he was sitting there like my big beamer or something. Um, fine. Uh, in terms of the actual football, Simon, do you want to talk us through Elevens and? And all that. Aye, so we actually had, I think we played really well against Hibs and I think um, just proves how, how how good we played by by they were wasting time at the end and kind of just happy to get away with a draw. So I think that did show some sort of level of respect that they should have for us. Um, so it was just the usual lineup. We're back to a back three with Kingsley um, along with Halkett and Suter. Cochrane, Smith, our fullbacks. Beningame and Haran, another game together. Looked all right again. And then Woodburn, Boyce, GMS up front, the usual. We had 57% possession. 
I didn't think we had that much. I mean, I know it's not huge, but it felt it felt like it was a lot closer. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it for a nil-nil. Um, there was a bit of um, a few absolute shite-in-myself moments that um, I wish that didn't happen. Um, Martin Boyle got a bit too much space sometimes. We only left two men back and neither of them were very quick. Um, I think it was Beningame and Halkett and I just thought, why would you leave one of them back Like when we were taking set pieces? Um, because Martin Boyle's going to outrun them and he did repeatedly. So, But I thought apart from that, <clears throat> we played really well. I just want to say, I never want to talk about referees and I'm not going to name him because I don't even know his name right now. That is the worst performance I've ever seen from a referee. For, for every every decision seemed to be inconsistent for the last one. They seemed to have no control, but he was desperately trying to impose himself on the game. I don't remember a decision that he got really right. There was one where Brian Porteous jumped over Liam um, Boyce and just landed on the ground, but he just jumped clean over him. Liam Boyce didn't move, and he gave a free kick to, Liam, uh, to Hibbs. Just fucking idiot, man. <laughs> the, the referee was Nick Walsh off 17 at Larbert Road in St. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go on about it because, again, it was, a, it was a good game out of that, but just absolutely baffling how bad he how a game he had. Had an absolute howler. Aye, not seen that. And, and for both Hearts and Hibs. Aye, it was, it was pretty crap. But concentrating on the positives, I thought... Um, Ben Woodburn and GMS's like close control around the box was mm. pretty impressive. The amount of chances they made and and how difficult they made it for the Hibs defence to sort of track runners and that was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Woodburn, Simon, the first chance of the game um, was the one where he get with GMS about one twos outside the box and he hit it just half an inch over the bar at pace. Um, he looks so dangerous outside the box. Do you think he's just still a few games away from being up to match speed? You got to remember, this is like a, a Hibs team that's played in Europe. They've they've had like a, a season where they've like they've proper had like a good build up in a season. So this is what probably their eighth or ninth proper competitive game, not including the League Cup. Hmm. So and then Ben Woodburn's not played a game really this season. So. To come in and, and play in that sort of atmosphere and, and look that good, I thought he was brilliant, man. I think how quickly he gets the ball out from his feet to get a shot away or, or get a pass, and and they were clearly shiting it from him when he managed to create that chance for GMS because they were all going to block the shot or they were all going towards him shooting, mm-hmm. that GMS could just drift in behind. So already it looks like he's he's going to make an impact. Right. Hammer, you were talking about Bags' ability. Uh, yes, I was talking him off earlier. I, I think he did. He looked electric, and I was actually really disappointed when he went off. Because um, I, I don't know, I just feel like doing that left-hand side, Hibbs got a bit... It was like they didn't have to do as much work down that side, and um, they were able to move men to mark other players, more importantly, boys. I just felt we, we missed him when we went off, which is incredible to say about a player who's, what, making his second game or no, his first game maybe um, he just looks dangerous he played, um, he played against Dundee United yeah mm-hmm. so he's already looks like again it's very early doors he already looks like an important player and uh, you know again just a player that will make opposition players have to do something which is something we've not had in a long time so it's we've good. been extremely predictable recently and yeah he looks like a player that can't you can't just fucking like 
predict what he's going to do. He looks like someone who can do something a bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you can bang them in from outside the box, right, it's just going to drag the fences all over the place. Yep. Um, they seem to, to link up really well with GMS. Like like you said, Simon, uh, quite excited for that. Um, I was angry to see GMS going off after 60 minutes because I thought you, you were upset to see Woodburn going off. I was upset by that because I thought he was our best player on the park, potentially, in terms of the one actually getting through on these one-on-ones. And like Macy had a good game. Nielsen did say after the Dundee United game that he will be taking wingers off after 60 minutes and there'll be another player coming on for a half an hour burst. But do you still, do you have to stick to that book? Yeah, Don't that's that's the issue. No. Sorry, go. Yeah. <laughs> if a player's having a good play, a good game, sorry, you don't want to take him off no matter what, even because you've said so 60 minutes. And that's all I'm doing. Like, you can just leave a player on if he's having a good game, especially think- GMS. Yeah, I think two two things on it as well. Like, first, exactly what you say, break up that flow, and I think that actually probably did happen to an extent for us. I thought we we changed probably, formation and everything, man. It was so it, weird. It, I thought we lost a bit of a cutting edge in that last bit of the game um, yeah. that we probably had before that. And then the other thing is that if you if if we know every week that you're going to change both of the wingers, that's two of your three subs, and then the other one, you know, might be somebody takes a knock really does lower your the options there. And then there's players that will be sitting on the bench basically knowing that they're not getting on. Where does that leave someone like an Andwili? Because mm-hmm. if you're changing both wingers, it becomes really difficult to get him onto the pitch at any point. Yeah. Aye. You yeah. could you could almost find that you're you like like you said, you're you're on the subs bench and you're thinking, well the only chance I've got of getting on is if the player in my position gets injured. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Before they've made all the subs as well. Yeah. No wonder Andy Halliday looked so miserable. <laughs> but it might be the case. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to, to bring up from the first half, but on Nanduili, uh, half-time, speaking of my dad, the uncle came over, and we were wondering if Nanduili could even come on for boys for the whole second half. Genuinely. Uh, I was surprised that he never came on at all. Yeah. I think we, we keep playing long balls to boys as well, and it's just think, well, mm-hmm. boys isn't he having the best game like I, th- I think he's still good. I think he always has like at least a small impact. But if we're going to be playing these long balls and try and beat that Hibs press that they were they were good at the start of each half, they f- they faded both times. But then why not bring on Nanduli because he is obviously much better in the air than boys. Right, it was crying out for it. I mean, we we had eleven corners in that game, which to Hibs four. And if you think it felt like almost every corner came from a failed cross, like it was hitting off the first man and going out for a corner, they were all getting blocked, which was frustrating from our wing-backs and, and from whoever else was going out wide. But, you know, if we are building our tactics around swinging balls into the box so much, why are we continuing to play Boyce as the centre-forward and he's 5 foot 10? <laughs> but, well, it's been working, like it has been working, so you can't blame yeah. when Boyce is, I mean, Boyce is only scoring penalties, but... <laughs> yeah. But still... Well, that... That's my concern. We're hardly scoring bags full of goals from open play. Uh, Nand really got one of them. <laughs> the way it done yeah. to ironically. Yeah. I just feel like we've got... I feel like things are going to take a good few more weeks. It's a good sign we're started so well, but it's going to take a good few more weeks before things are really clicking. Like we can only get better. Everyone's gelling into this team. 
Yeah, there are a few key, and I, I'm loving it. I'm loving being a Hearts fan, like you were saying earlier, said last week. I'm loving having players like Benny and and um, Woodburn, Boyce, players like these you can actually like, enjoy watching. John Suter in the back, Craig Gordon. Like, There's so many positives around Hearts, but there are some key indicators that could signify difficulties. The amount of shots we concede on target and the lack of goals we score for open play, they're the two yeah. things that I'd, I'd be concerned about. Exactly. Um, the one player you never list from uh, players do you like to watch, Simon, was Craig Halkett. I'm glad you never. <laughs> Listen, I was going to bring him up under notable performers. So I, I picked three. Okay. Craig, Craig Gordon, obviously, like, you will just stick him and Benny in there every single week because, yeah. like, what's the point in even talking about it? Benny is just so composed. There's just moments where it feels there's, like, three or four defenders on it and then he just he doesn't even move and he's just got the whole the centre the park himself. It's, mm-hmm. it's brilliant the way he can just find space and just use his body. Um, and I put Craig Halkett because I thought he, he was blocking everything. He was winning loads of balls in the air. He was making clearances. I think he's actually quite good in a back three. And, and the Maisie run. Oh, cheers <laughs> are reminding me. <laughs> the swivel of the hips when he got around Gogic. How is Gogic falling for that? As a professional athlete, he should be ashamed. <laughs> Aye, I remember that. that. It was a beautiful moment. Oh, aye. Um, he's, he's just still got these bomb scare moments in him that just scream Popescu to me. One of them was when he, 20 to 25 yards out, he decides to head it back towards Gordon aye. while Boyle's in between them. Aye. There was a, he did lose the ball, like, sort of the edge of the box when he won it and back. That one. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he gets, so he's getting away with it right now in a three. I feel like it gives him a bit more... It relieves the pressure a bit on him that he's not in the spotlight so much and he can kind of just go about and be a bit more destructive and have Kingsley and Suter covering him. Mm-hmm. But those two bomb scares, they've, they've went under the, the carpet because Craig Gordon won the 50-50 and, and that tackle never materialised. But we could be sitting here, we got beat 2-0. Two mistakes, um, Craig Halkett. And the title of the podcast, something to do with Craig Halkett. <laughs> you are, you're something. This is an agenda. <laughs> he's a he's a meat and potato centre back. Yeah. I, I like him. I, I think the last couple of games we've had uh, clean sheets and he's looked good. Uh, like he's much better with John Suter and he's fine in a back three, but he's not the centre back for the direction we like to think Hearts are going in. I, I I'd like to think. Um, what about Michael Smith moving inside and and maybe an actual right wing back? Yeah, I've kind of missed that window, but <laughs> I, one day. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, overall, I'd, I'd still give him a good 7, 7.5 out of 10. It was not bad, but it was just those two specific moments. Could could have led to two goals. Aye, Aye, didn't everything's different. <laughs> I know, they didn't, but still a bomb scare. Um, during that first half, we had what felt like 400 corners in a row, and Kingsley almost scored two of them. <laughs> <laughs> a weird uh, period of play. Um, I thought our set pieces are looking quite good, and it was nice to see Barry Mackay on on the crosses as well. And he never took it short; he actually swung it in the box, which uh, again is a bit of a rarity at times. So we shall see. Uh, we haven't spoke about uh, young Cockden very much. How did you think he done? You would add a, a close look in what the first half. It's good. He's. First, what is he like? Nineteen twenty. Yeah, he's he's quite a solid wee laddie. Like he looks like he can he can handle himself. He's I think he's like 
pretty athletic, so you can play him in that centre back role or that left wing back role quite comfortably Aye. in either. I think he looks impressively composed most of the time as well. Like he, he doesn't look like he you know he makes the right decision ninety percent of the time. Um, and I think that's that's promising. Mm-hmm. He works really hard as well. You can you can tell that he's obviously quite quite determined, and I think that's mm-hmm. like meant like mentally he's in the right place. And that's his composure and his work rate, isn't it? But then again, he could have made two mistakes, giving away two goals, and we could have started <laughs> the podcast talking about him. The difference is he never made the mistakes, which almost led to the goals. Cameron, you're missing the point. You back on about this again? <laughs> you just fucking brought up. <laughs> Um, no, Cochrane's a, a superb wee player um, Who knows if we can keep holding And I could genuinely The whole starting of living I could go around each one and say that, like, um, It's difficult because I think everyone had a really good game I thought John Souter was solid Kingsley looks good being back Like Everyone looked great Peter Haring usual hmm. so, I was just about to say Peter Haring There has been many people saying It was the best game Peter Haring has played Since his injury Would you agree with that? I think the, the best games Peter Hannon plays are ones where you rarely see what he's up to. I feel like you, there's obviously those, like, he used to have really good passing. You don't, don't really see it very much anymore, but his passing used to be at another level. But now he's he sort of just, he's changed his role a wee bit. He seems to be a bit more of, like, a, a ball-winning midfielder. Mm-hmm. We seem to just play two ball-winning midfielders. Yeah. And he looks good. He looks like he's adjusting to it. Another game with Benny alongside them. Mm-hmm. They'll be getting more used to playing with each other. They cannot be fun to play against. There's many hard bastards in Scottish football. Like it's, It seems to be a breeding ground for like fucking nutters. But Peter Haran and Benny, are, I feel like they're pretty hardworking and pretty solid. Like. Mm-hmm. No, you never see Peter Haran on the deck. Nah, no, unless he's I like mean... dead. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's out for 18 months. But um, like he always stays on his feet. So, very big man. Um, a couple of incidents, Ash is about. The the red card, potential red card, last man challenge on Liam Boyce, which somehow ended up being a free kick against him. Uh, what was that about? Just terrible refereeing as usual. Like... <laughs> I think the ref like shat it, like just properly yeah. went. No, it's too early for a big decision like this, and just shat it. I don't see. I, wait, see when I seen it. Obviously, I was at the game, so I thought, well, maybe, I, maybe it just looks really bad. So then I text my friend, who's a Hibs fan, and he obviously says, "No, it's never a red card." He says that they tangled legs and fell over. I seen that. I've seen the clip. How is that not a red card? He runs across him and then gets in front mm-hmm. of him. He just throws his body at Boyce's feet. He just throws his body at his feet. He pretends that Boyce touched him and just throws his body at his feet. What they said, because I was reading the BBC live text and it kept going on, um, he stood on his foot, Boyce stood on his foot and that's why he's went down. That's why the referee's given uh, as a foul. The referee's no fucking seen that. There's no way the referee's seen that. You need to like properly slow it down and even then it's, at that pace, that's that's never ever ever. Everything looks really really dubious in slow motion, but you've just got to give it at the pace that you see it, which mm-hmm. is boom again. Scotland international <laughs> takes him down. Yeah, yeah, I even think he threw his uh, his arm at Boyce's leg to try and bring him down. I think. I, yeah, it's like the sort of pretend the pretend that 
boys has, has pulled him over, so he's like over exaggerating his throw yeah. and just throws his body into his legs. Right. And like you say, Hammy, see if you follow the ball, the direction it's going, then separately you just look at McGinn just flying left to right, then falling, yeah. arm it. It's quite clear what's happening there. If that goes to the VAR, he's off every day of the week. And someone looks back at that. No, in Scotland. Nah. <laughs> I probably still think <laughs> I'm getting it wrong. Yeah. But this is this is the last we'll say about the refs, but the, the quality of refing in Scotland really is fucking terrible. It is. I've yeah. kind of forgot how bad it was. Every team has like a a referee they say is biased against them, but I just think every referee is just a bit shite. <laughs> hmm. no, it's not good. It does spoil the game as well. And it would have spoiled it for the Hibs fans as well. Because he just killed the game. There was a lot of nice football being played at times and he's blown up for fouls when there was no need to. Aye. He just had an absolute shocker. Aye. There was a moment where Hearts had like a two-on-one at the edge of the box and he pulled it back for a free kick for Hearts and it was like, can you yeah, just let yeah. the game play? Aye. It was so unnecessary, that one. Aye. Referees just don't seem to know that rule at all. They, like, just play on. especially. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why they don't do it. It's never done properly as well because when you play on and you get like they just do it on time, they never do it whether you actually get an advantage or not. They, they feel like if you've played for like five seconds and that's enough time, whereas if you then lose the ball after like a sort of three seconds, they're like, oh, well, you had the chance to do what you want me to just shoot straight away. Yeah, I mean, that 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 advantage one, I think it was Boyce on the ball, but we were quite deep, it was just inside our own half. Aye, that was referees don't tend to give advantages when the ball's in your own half, but. Like it's you need to read the game and see that it was like there was only a couple of defenders ahead of them, even at that point. It was a, a counter, so that was fucking ridiculous. Um, Paddy, your your James Scott was apparently playing um in the, in the first half. I don't think anyone anyone realized, but I'd just like to let you know that you were right, Paddy. Well, yeah, I told you so. I'm usually right. This is going to come back to bite us so yeah, madly. <laughs> 40 goals. I know. And James Scott has broken Henry Glasson's goal spring record. <laughs> Bye. I genuinely, not until I was doing like a little bit of research after the game, forgot who he was playing. Until I seen his name on the like the Hibs lineup, I was like, oh fuck, he actually played that game. <laughs> I'd love to see how many touches he had. The ball. Wouldn't have been many. Um, so, aye, that, that was kind of all your stuff in the first half. Um, second half, we spoke about the subs already. Some people, it's been a real mixed bag. Some people have said that they were just totally confused by Nielsen's substitutions overall, and some said they were absolutely fine. Do you think the injury just kind of scuppered things, or what's your thinking? Maybe a bit, but we, we tried to move to four at the back and sort of like a four, two, three, one, and, and we just moved everything about, and it just killed the game. It killed any momentum we had going forward, and he does this all the time. Nielsen's safe in my eyes right now. I think he's done a wonderful job to turn it around. The signings, he must have played a part, obviously, but the signings and the way we're playing looks great. But his substitutions are still just so odd, and if he is committing to this two-winger things, it just brings up more issues, and mm. don't care. It. Bye. No, no. We didn't concede. We didn't lose, so... Yeah. I'm still, I'm really still not convinced by Nielsen tactically and and things. But you, again, like you said, eleven points for fifteen start leagues. I, you can't be too critical on him. But I, I'll still want to highlight his weird. It's just weird decisions. It's, um, I, hmm. 
I'll, I'll say one thing is it is quite nice to be able to actually bring two wingers on. Like this we've got that true. squad depth now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, madness. Being able to bring on Mackay and Ginelli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's pretty but, good. Like In like the space of like two, three league games, our bench has gone for being like a point of like genuine concern to actually looking at it and going, here, like any position, there's an issue. We, we've kind of got it covered. Aye. It's great. And like competently, not just there is a body. We can put in that position. We couldn't fill a bench at the start of the season. <laughs> well, on this note, boys, two players that missed out: Adam McInniff and Jamie Walker, not even making the bench, which is a bit, a bit of a shocker. Um, Simon, what, what's happening with these two? I mean, we can read too much into it and, and just think that it's you look at the strength of the bench and you think maybe well, if he is doing his two winger thing, he just needs a player who can cover like some positions and because he's going to have two wingers on the bench. So um, maybe they just didn't make the cut this week. We'll we'll see moving forward, but it doesn't look great if you're if you're Macken. If you're probably quite fuming, but I don't think he fits into the way Nielsen plays. He's he's more of like a sort of attacking, driving forward midfielder, and maybe he's not looking for that with mm-hmm. with the formation and. Jamie Walker as well. Don't know if he's like an out-and-out winger that we're using right now. I know they cut inside a lot, but he's probably not the type of player that Nielsen's looking for either. So, hey, let's see if they, they ever get back in the squad and then we can talk about more, but not a great sign if it's if it's a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. Hammy? Yeah, not much more to add. I just don't think there's a place for them in the squad in the way that we play at the moment. We don't, as you said, I, I don't think Jimmy Walker's a good enough winger. I think he's better in that place behind Liam Boyce, but we don't really play with a player there. So yeah. I can't see him getting in the squad. And the wingers that we've got now, he's never going to get ahead of them anyway. Um, and the same with Mackinac. He's never, he's not going to get in, t- in front of Benny. And Harrings, he's, he's looking good again. So um, Okay, right. It's probably time for me to address the fact that couple of episodes ago, tried to get the McInef bus going. <laughs> <laughs> I think the bus is now firmly being parked in the garage. And, uh, it's not got I'm any no wheels on, on it at the moment. I've, 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 had to get, I've had to get off. So, um, yeah, it's done, isn't it? it? It very much seems like it might be done there. I think they're good That's... squad players to have, though. Like, we, oh, need, yeah. we need that depth there. Um, but uh, You've got yeah. to think that a guy who we paid, you know, in terms of hearts, paid proper money for and yeah. came as a club captain from his previous club to to come. I can't imagine he was ever sold the fact that he'd be playing um, from the bench or not even making the bench. So I imagine he will want out as probably as soon as possible. Yeah. If, he's, if that's going to be it consistently. Yeah. Cammy Devlin's not played yet either. And he is also a central midfielder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's another body in front of him. I think that's because Cammy Devlin kind of fits in with the system with Haring and uh, Benny from yeah. what I understand of his position. But yeah, like like Simon Hammy saying, McInnes not got a job here. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and he's ahead of him essentially, and that's such sentimental role possibly. Aye, potentially, uh, maybe best for him. He gets loaned out for a year. We try and get him sold in the summer, but you don't know things can change fast in football. Robbie Nielsen might get offered a job in in England again. <laughs> you know, things happen and systems change. So, and he's a very good footballer, McInnes. We've seen it in phases. So, I'd, I'd hate to jump to conclusions, and I don't think any of us would like to see the back of him. You know what I mean? 
No, I like him. He looks like a really good player. Yeah, I want him to stay. See, Jamie Walker, I'd, I'd like to see Walker playing in the boys' show. Because it's not like he's a, it's balls over the top stuff to boys most of the time. It's the, the one-twos and trying to cut through the defences. It's all stuff that Jamie Walker's really good at. So I wouldn't mind if he's sitting there as a backup to go and play up top, you know. I'd like to see it. I've never seen him play up front, so I could never possibly say. Not sure how we deal with the long balls. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here, to be fair, by the way, Liam Boyce was like out muscling and winning most balls with Porteous behind him. I, I would say most, but he, he, don't, he won more than I thought he was going to win. The, mm-hmm. the What disappointed me was, I think the... I don't think we did test Porteous and Handlon enough because, see, I do not know how Hibs have not conceded more goals because they... Mm-hmm. Are absolute bomb scares. They are both worse than Halkett. I don't get it. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. at, around our bit, whenever Matt Macy had the ball, everyone was shouting, "Give it to Boreas!" Yeah. Because it's just <laughs> uh, as soon as as soon as you put him under any pressure, he absolute panics. Aye, it was it? Was it? I'm sure. Was it Boyce or GMS who took the ball just clean off his tools at one point? <laughs> Aye, Hanland bad. almost passed it into his own net. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. With no one around him, at like genuinely the whole of the box to himself passes mm-hmm. it straight into straight towards the goal. Mm-hmm. See, this is the, the problem we don't have as Hearts fans. They've got guys like Stevenson and Hanlon that are part of the furniture there. And it's how do you get rid of a player like that? You know, I mean when they're, they're a fabric we, of the we did have that Christoph Berra not that long ago. <laughs> True. He didn't even get a fucking testimonial. I mean, he's like, he's also like 10 years older than the both of them. So, yeah. <laughs> tell he's leaving after his wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Wait, you, the, the thing is, right? He still, he still speaks highly of us. So, it could never have been that bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the game. After it, Robbie Nielsen said that he left school when he was 15 and was the last person you should be asking about vaccine passports. <laughs> um, he did say something proper cliche, like, if you want to ask me about 442s, then now you're talking. It's the biggest cop-out. It's the, it's the biggest, I do not want to be talking about this. Which, yeah. fair enough, because I don't really think they should be. It's not, it's not up to them to answer those sort of questions. Them. And I'll let on the Sky pundits, everyone is asking, every time they speak to a Scottish manager, they're asking them, what's it going to mean for the players if they're not vaccinated? And no one is answering the questions. But Hammy, what is the situation? What happens if we have players here who are not vaccinated when this kicks in? If it does kick in? Um, nothing. Players are fine. Uh, on the ScotGov website, the list of exep- exemptions covers employees at venues within the scope of the scheme. So, Hearts players are employees of Hearts, uh, so it doesn't matter at all. The, the vaccine passports are only going to matter to fans, mm-hmm. um, and that's been reiterated. And and even today, I, I mean, England are scrapping it, and I seen that I think it was Humza Yousaf was going on about. They're wanting to do spot checks rather than checking everyone. So I can see this just yeah. getting binned anyway. So I don't think it's going to be an issue. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, good news as a as a football fan in terms of you're not suddenly going to see your favourite player turn out to be an anti-vaxxer and never forgetting <laughs> the ball again. All that stuff's going aside. So it's not, not bad news. 
I mean, I'd still, the personal choice, whatever, whatever, whatever. I hope the Hearts players get the vaccine so when they do test positive, they only have to isolate for as long as they have a positive test. Whereas if they don't, they'll have to isolate for like two fucking weeks. So if yeah. it can only lose you for a couple of days, I'd much rather that. Ken, it's all your choice in that, but actually two days, two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's where now you can read between the lines and, and see if your players... Have yeah, had the when they do get a positive test, and who's have to who's out for two weeks? I yeah, because Stephen the clubs Kingsley. aren't. <laughs> yeah. The clubs aren't saying when someone's got COVID now; they're just not commenting at all. I it's put right. down as sickness or illness. <gasps> do you think that's, that's what McInef? Oh, ah, <laughs> McInef and Jamie Walker. No, because they were sitting on the bench. Oh, yeah, shit. one of one of them was sitting having a packet of crisps on the bench. Yeah, so <laughs> they, seemed, they seemed fine. <laughs> what type of crisps? As can you see? I don't um, know. I it looked like a large, looked like a big eat bag. Ah, you know the big grab <laughs> bags. Nice. I'll be Jamie Walker then. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, vaccines and vaccine passports aside, Robbie Nielsen said that he really enjoyed the game. As did Jack Ross. He was absolutely full of praise for Benny, uh, who was man of the match yet again, and he said. That Benny is going to need a bigger closet for all the man of the match trophies that he's won and is going to win. Ha ha ha. Um. <laughs> Do you think we'll get to the point where it's that sort of syndrome that even if his level drops slightly, we'll start like criticizing him, but he's still one of the best players? Or do you think it'll go the other way where he'll have like <laughs> somebody, no, not... somebody here definitely will? I, I'm not comparing him to Lionel Messi, but that sort of Lionel Messi syndrome where Lionel Messi just does amazing things and you just find it so fucking average. You're just like, I will, you just expect that from Jink Benny Beningame is going to just be expected to play at this level and we're just going to take I, it for granted. I would I would say wait for the first time that he maybe misplaces two passes in a game. And then... What, and hips, hips Twitter to be on it? No, and then and then our host here will say, "Well, those two could have given away goals, <laughs> and then we would have lost the game." The difference is, I've never rated Halkett. That isn't true. <laughs> well, I rated them one week actually. No. That. You rated them when he signed as well. That's absolute bullshit, man. Oh, there's no evidence for that. This podcast was not on the go at that time. <laughs> um, I, I think. Um, I'll be looking out for that. I think I'm physically waiting for Benny to make a tackle now. Every time he does, I'm like, oh, there he goes again. Aye. Get another tackle. It's so good. See what he, I can't even mind. It was on the other side, but I couldn't see if he megged the boy or just rinsed him, but he just yeah. went down the sideline. It looked like he had no space at all. And then all of a sudden he's just running free in the hips half. Just mm-hmm. so impressive, man. Yeah, so good. Um, lucky to have him. Right, Hammy, everything's uh, been really quite cheery. Here, apart from Cameron moaning at me about Craig Halkett. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go over to you for uh, Jambles kickback. Back away and don't talk a lot of shame. Well, lads, a nil-nil draw, but the Boo Boys are out again. Thread started. Michael Smith, time to be replaced? Question mark. Disappointing again today, I thought. There is no doubt that he has been a very reliable, solid player for us over the past few years, but I feel like he no longer offers much to the side, particularly as a right wing-back. Although decent defensively, he offers nothing going forward. Not likely to deliver a good cross, beat a player, or create any chances. Is there any way that Smith can adapt to fit in the current system, or should he be relegated to the bench to be used as backup? 
Another one says, Janelli should have came on for him and played right wing back. Moore was a safe sub. But yes, we need a better right wing back going forward for most games at Tynecastle. Smith and Cochrane are defenders first. Another one says, still reasonable in defence, but his aversion to a decent cross is on a similar level to Dracula. Quite like that one. Oh, no. <laughs> that's daft. Yeah, that's, that's disgusting. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was not everyone was um, on that boat. Somebody said, we were worse off when he went off. I'm not sure he successfully completed a cross today, but Moore didn't offer anything going forward. Lost several headers, and Suter looked worse for the last 25 minutes too. But back to being bad, his crossing is abysmal. It's not just below average, it is really, really bad. If we had a wing-back who could cross a ball, we would be creating so many more goal-scoring opportunities. Uh, another one says he's been given a run of games and he has been consistently below par. Still a valuable squad player who can cover a number of positions, but currently not good enough to be our first-choice right wing-back. Does anyone remember who played the cross to John Souter versus Celtic for the winner? <laughs> No, that can't be right. Um, um, another one again. This I'm not quite sure I believe this. But says I've never been a Smith fan. Don't add. How? Nah. Yeah. Do uh, they not enjoy watching Hearts play football? Because you <laughs> like it's just the two go hand in hand. Exactly. Um, Smith's always been an eight out of ten for me. Every game, even today, he might have dropped to a six or seven, but still gives a hundred percent every game. Surely relying on Hannings more of a problem. I don't know where that came from. Um, another one says he kept Hibs quiet on that side, but Foker um, complaining about his crosses. Come on now. Um, another one says solid in defending, but going forward, he isn't very good and lacks the legs now. I think he, it was the second half. He had three chances in a row to put in a decent cross. All efforts were terrible. Good servant for us, but time to try someone new. I wouldn't renew his contract at the end of the season either. Hopefully, Logan can kick on um, from now. <sighs> Again, his contract is up, so it's, it's a, a choice we're going to have to make. Um, sadly, Michael Smith wasn't the only boo boy. Liam Boyce as well. Oh, people are so fickle, <laughs> man. <laughs> it's quite worrying that we are fan-owned now, to be honest. <laughs> that was me on kickback at halftime. Get him off, get Andrew Leon. Well, here we go. Uh, somebody says, needs to get back to being a finisher, hold up and link up play. Shocking. Maybe drop him so he sharpens up his act. Someone um, says, aye, dropping our top scorer because he hasn't scored for, yes, one game. <laughs> um, <laughs> de decent enough goal scorer, but he's always taking that extra touch of three instead of getting his shot off sooner. He's not the only one, mind, but he could be scoring more. He's um, scored seven goals in ten games this season. Fuck's <laughs> um... <laughs> <Toxic>, sake, boys. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that would make him our top goal scorer if he stopped scoring like any other season <laughs> apart from the championship seasons. Yeah. Um, again, neither he had his um, critics, but he also had his defence. So it says, uh, Hibbs' defence dealt with him well and nullified his threat. Ended the game playing with his back to goal. He's a massive player for us, though. Talking of dropping him is just silly. Someone says he's scored seven goals already this season. You're expecting him to bang two or three goals in a game? Players do have off days. Boyce has done well to get his seven goals so far as the service he's been getting provided hasn't been great all season and he has been isolated in quite a few games. This place is mental. Quite right. Um, someone says if you watch the highlights on YouTube and Boyce failing to make the centre-forwards run for an absolute peach of a ball in from Cochrane is 
is a borderline droppable offence, to be honest. That ball in was perfect. Bread and butter for a centre forward. Same ball Aberdeen scored against us. A tap-in waiting to happen, but he was five yards behind it. Those are always the moments where I judge a centre forward. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'd judge them on a bit more than that. Also, Boyce could add a couple of goals if GMS, when he was through one-on-one, had decided to cut it along the box. Boyce had a tap-in. If Gino, when he had that header at the back post, headers it back across box the box, Boyce has a tap in. So he, he was in good positions. Um I've lost my plate. I, I like Boyce, but he's a decent finisher and gives his all but feck me. I have a better first touch than him. Hmm. He needs to be facing goal in the box to get the best out of him, not coming deep or attempting to hold the ball up for eternity until support arrives. Um he's playing up top on his own. He's, that's what they're expecting him to do, hold the ball up. So one of the good things about Boyce is his first touch. I, exactly. Mm. Paddy and this man, exec, he, um, I say man, it could be a woman, um, says people <laughs> criticising Boyce's first touch should be stopped at the gates. He wasn't <laughs> great yesterday, but suggesting dropping him is madness. So Michael Smith and Liam Boyce, two Northern Ireland internationalists, mm. not good enough for hearts? <laughs> According to kickback. <laughs> Very interesting. Thank you, Hammy. Uh, kick back a very crazy place yet again. Um, we're up against Ross County next. Uh, Liam Boyce goes back to his old stomping ground where he scored 48 goals and 99 appearances for them. I buy shite though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's that's almost a goal every two games. No wonder he, the fans wanted him out there as well, I'm sure. Um, but unfortunately, boys, we're going to lose this one. And do you know why? No Cameron. Not because Craig Halkett's playing. Because we're coming up against the goal. Ross Callahan will be playing for Ross County against us next. I thought you were actually going to say something proper there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think I'm joking? Um, our record in Dingwall is surprisingly good. Uh, kind of felt like a, one of the bogey grounds for us, but we've actually, um, over our last eight games going back to 2013, we've lost one, the one in 2013. We've went on to have four wins and three draws. So it's not too bad. Um, they've had a, a shite start to the season, as you know. Uh, they've won three games in all competitions, and they were against Elgin, Brewer Rangers and Montrose. <laughs> they've actually conceded the most shots on target as well, at 94, uh, 94 shots conceded, sorry, um, 32 per, of them on target. Uh, maybe we should just leave some stats for the last section. The show. <laughs> like, like you were going to talk about any of them, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Um, bye. It's all looking good for the Jambos, so I'm sure we're going to get absolutely pumped. Cameron, over to you. <laughs> bye, Oh, thanks, Jarvie. Okay, let's let's get into this. Let's let's wrap up uh, Derby week, Derby weekend, and uh, dish out the scores, shall we? Um, remember, I gave out these questions two weeks ago. I did have to go and check what they were. <laughs> so I remember there was the pyro pyro one. Um, obviously, didn't go very well. So, that one didn't come in. Um, I'd asked if there'd be a red card in the game. Also, didn't come in. Um, over 49.5% possession. Hearts with 57 was, I feel like, a real surprise. Um, yeah. I did not expect to have that much. And um, I don't think any of us did, really. Although, if you bought the over 49.5, I'm not thinking that you would have bought the over 56.5. Yeah. 
Hearts over 1.5 goals. Well, obviously there was no goals in the game, and um, and really or GMS to score. GMS probably should have scored, but there you I go. think I bet he got fuck all this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Simon, <laughs> I will tell you that you got two. Yes, <laughs> but there was someone that only got one. <laughs> Amy, your your fall from grace this week. Um, I mean. It's partly because you were really keen on the pyro and bought that one. That's where a lot of people seem to pick up a point. Um, but one point for you um, goes up to two for myself, Simon, and uh, the folks at Instagram. And then up to three for Jarvie Paddy and the ever-pack-leading and stretching the lead Twitter community. So what does that mean in terms of our total scores? Um, Simon, no surprises. You've got 40% of the questions right so far this season. That puts you on 10. We go up to Paddy on 13. Then it's up to 14 where you get Hammy, myself and Instagram. Jarvie, second on your own with 15. Mm. And leading the way with 68% correct answers this season, 17 correct Twitter. So... Um, if we don't do anything fairly soon, they're going to end up with some kind of insurmountable lead. But maybe that's a lot. We'll just, of secrets, we'll just stop asking them. That <laughs> might be an option. <laughs> okay, so into the Ross County game and looking ahead. The first question for you, gents, this week. Now, Ross County have conceded three or more goals in three of their last four. So fairly simple. Hearts over two point five. Bye. Sell. 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 This is going fairly predictably. I am also going to sell. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess this might play into what the next one looks like. And I think we've probably already covered it that we actually might struggle to do this at any point. But um, harsh to start two up top. Sell. Sell. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Is that unanimous sells across the board there? There we are. Yeah. If we're not starting right. to up front at home against Hibs away at Dingwall, no chance. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that are conceding goals like nothing else. Ah, keep it tight at the back, though. Eh? I can't, I can't <laughs> All right, fine, fine. I mean, I also sold it, so I don't know. I, I kind of get, <laughs> get too up at you. Um, now, our last two away league ties, we had uh, an amazing 61% possession versus Dundee United. Um, and we had 52% versus St Mirren so I've gone somewhere in the middle um, Hearts over 54.5 Bye 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 I'm going to sell that one I think we've Ooh. now got like competent centre mids that hmm. Nielsen plays like believes we can keep hold of the ball hmm. I'm also going to buy it and the final one I thought I'd have a look at a, a, an individual player one this week um, do we see Cammy Devlin and his debut for Hearts. My thought on this one is, and I'm going to buy it, is I think this might be the kind of game where you might want to get somebody some minutes. Does he? Do you mean does he come on at any point? Yes. Yeah. Bye. Do we see him at all? All oh, right. Oh, bye. Hundred percent. I'll buy that. Aye. Bye. I would have bought that if you said starting. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Very nice. That was buys across the board. That never happens. <laughs> well there we go 
Um, I'll no doubt update you when you've all scored one or two, but one or two wrong. <laughs> right. We've pretty much all just picked an easy 2-0 victory up there. Loads of possession, pin them back. You'd think we would have learned by now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you, boys. And thank you, Padman Productions, for all your editing time as ever. Uh, if you want to play along with Buy or Sell at home, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hearts underscore podcast. If you want to send us an email, no one ever does, but you could. It's heartspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, uh, do leave us a nice wee review, uh, five stars, or otherwise just spread the good word. So until next time, keep washing your hands to the hearts. We'll see you again soon.